Pastor Xavier Reese says, if you seek the Lord, you're seeking the truth. God is on the throne. He's in control. He equips and enables Daniel for the time that God is going to be dealing with Nebuchadnezzar through a dream. As you are ignorant about a lot of things as I am when I'm doing something, going through something, and if I'm seeking the Lord, He's going to tie things together, knowing God's not the author of confusion. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Every now and then, many of us experience some kind of nightmare in which we face grave peril, only to wake up relieved to the serene reality that it was all a dream. However, when the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, arose from one particular dream he had, a decree was passed that threatened the life of everyone else. Everyone except Daniel, that is, who had the faith to trust God for the dream's interpretation that would soothe the king. Pastor Xavier has been leading us through a Simple Truth study series of the book of Daniel, highlighting how God delights in using those who make themselves available to him. Let's listen. Why don't you turn to Daniel chapter 2, please? The three-year training of Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah had been completed All four were found to be ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all the realm, chapter 1 told us. God was on the throne overseeing the affairs of men, ready to begin dealing with Nebuchadnezzar regarding the time of the Gentiles, the head of gold. Through a dream first to show him that he had limited control of his present and absolutely no control Of the future. (laughs) He's a newly crowned king, very powerful. He has conquered everything. He's busy planning, building, trying to administrate the kingdom. And he's wondering in himself, what is going to become of my kingdom? In fact, Daniel will make this known as he goes on in this chapter in verse 29. When he comes to the king to give the interpretation, he says, while you were lying on your bed, and you were about you would and you were thinking about what would become of your kingdom and he who reveals the secrets he made it known to you so you see God at work you see God putting his people in position the dream came to him as he slept and caused his spirit to be troubled his thoughts were probably racing through his head being apprehensive about certain things the king summoned his wise men Then the king gave the command to call his magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams, who supposedly were able to know or were supposed to know about the future. This is the worldly model. They are the cream of the crop. They were the best of the best of the empire. The king related his night experience and situation he stated his dream experience, and the king said to, the, uh, to them, I have uh, had a dream that my spirit is anxious to know the dream. His concern was to find out the meaning of the dream. And these guys are, are the professional. These guys are the pros. These guys are to be able to know the unknown. Notice the wise men responded to the king's declaration. O king, live forever. This is protocol. <laughs> they request the king to 
communicate his dream, that they might give the interpretation. Tell your servant the dream. We'll give you the interpretation. Real smug, real fast. Okay, get to us. Come on, so we can be out of here. We'll be back in a jiffy after lunch. But notice in 5 through 7, the demands of Nebuchadnezzar to interpret his dream progress to words of threats now. The king proclaimed what would happen to them if they did not tell him both the dream and the interpretation. The consequences were severe. If you do not make known the dream to me in its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. These are not just words. He's a bad dude. Now the king noticed in verse 6, proclaim what would happen to them if they did tell both the dream and the interpretation. So bad news first. Then comes the good news. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Oh, that sounds good. But as they're hearing all this, they know they don't know. So they're sweating bullets. They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream. They assured him, then they would interpret it, and we will give its interpretation. And eight, Nebuchadnezzar accused them of trying to stall the king. The king could see right through them. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time. The king could see they had no way out because you see that my decision is firm. And so in verse 9, Nebuchadnezzar accused them now of lying to him. They had sealed their fate. If you do not make known the dream to me, there's only one decree for you. You're dead. They had conspired to deceive him with false words till his distraught condition might disappear. He knew this. Listen, for you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. In other words, his demeanor, his perplexity over the unknown. They could resolve their perilous dilemma. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me the interpretation. <laughs> they exposed their spiritual inability by confessing their inability, theirs or any other man, to know what he was asking. He says, the Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter? Well, they just, they just destroyed their job description. They're out of a job. They call the king unreasonable. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such a thing of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. <laughs> get, get, get out of town. What's wrong with you, king? I mean, they, they're going from bad to worse. Notice they acknowledged they were mere mortals. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, small g, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Out of their own mouth, they confess that they had no ability in this matter. Notice in verse 12 and 13 that the demands of Nebuchadnezzar to interpret his dream conclude with the demise of the wise men for their arrogant words to the king. In verse 12, Nebuchadnezzar gave the decree of execution. They had accused and challenged the king 
For this reason, the king was angry and very furious. They heard their decree of death, and he gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's decree was carried out instantly. Look at 13. His executioner wasted no time. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men. The request of Nebuchadnezzar for the interpretation of his dream exposes, it exposed the priests to be false. So you have those who really are tapping at demons and those who are just charlatans who just rip you off for money. You don't have to worry about the phony ones. You just lose money. You have to worry about the real ones. You lose your life and eternity. Notice thirdly, the response of Daniel to give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his dream. In verse 14 and 15, the inquiry of Daniel regarding the decree of execution given to Arioch is given to us. In verse 14, Daniel and his friends were sought out to be executed by Arioch. So straight across the board. Daniel responded to Arioch prudently with counsel and wisdom. The word counsel implies Daniel is the representative, but probably all four of them had been talking about all the commotion, trying to discuss what, how they're going to handle it. Didn't know exactly what was going on. The word wisdom in Aramaic means discretion. How we need counsel and discretion to handle things right when it comes into our life. You see, every one of us are nice to each other. Oh, we said, God bless you. Give me a hug. Oh, Lord bless you. But then you don't agree with me. And the hair in the back of your neck stands up. Now you're not so loving. Now you want your way. You don't want the biblical way. Wow. It's amazing. We have to be biblical, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that I have to be right. I have to be biblical. It's important. Arioch was the one responsible for executing the decree of execution. His name, Arioch, in the Aramaic means lion-like. You know this guy's a bad dude. <laughs> he was the captain of the king's guard. In other words, the chief executioner of Nebuchadnezzar. Arioch had gone out to kill the wise men in Babylon. The decree notice in verse 14 had gone out as they began killing the wise men already. As you look back to verse 13, the minute he gave it, they started doing it. He was now seeking Daniel and his companions. Even though Daniel and his friends were not part of the occultic practices, they were included. Look at 15. Daniel responded to Arioch, the chief executioner of the king. He responded, not reacted. There's a fire in the building. And let's just say you have old fire escapes like they used to have them. We still have some around here in Pasadena. And there's a fire in the building. And you don't realize there's a fire escape, so you jump out the window. You forget you're in the 10th floor. You reacted. But if you responded, you would walk out and go down the fire escape. Make sure you respond, not react to things. Again, once again, we're all civil until we want our way. Then it's... He asked him a question. Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Harsh, hasty, severe. This was a radical extreme order. Arioch made the decision known to Daniel, so he laid out what had taken place. Now, 
The inquiry of Daniel before the king regarding the interpretation is given in verse 16. Daniel was given access to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel went in and asked the king. We are not told how it was possible that Daniel was able to get there. Perhaps um, we know protocol. You can't always just walk in, certainly in the time of Esther. She could not go into King Ahasuerus unless he lifted up his wand or petitioned you. Otherwise, they'd hack you in pieces. But somehow, whether it was through um, Ashpenaz, the um, chief eunuch who God had given favor to Daniel in chapter 1, or whether it was through Ariak, we're not sure. But nevertheless, we are told he was allowed access to the king. And Daniel asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Now, what's the difference between Daniel and, and, and the wise man? Well, Daniel went in and said, I'll give you both. Give me some time. Simple. The other ones, they, they didn't want time because they knew they couldn't do it. <laughs> Daniel was not acting presumptuously, but acting in faith. Think it through. Daniel had been enabled by God in chapter 1, verse 17, with knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, but he was also given understanding in all visions and dreams. So God is on the throne. He's in control. He equips and enables Daniel for the time that God is going to be dealing with Nebuchadnezzar through a dream. God works at both ends and he ties them together. Don't miss that. As you are ignorant about a lot of things as I am when I'm doing something, going through something, and if I'm seeking the Lord and he has gone before me, I'm depending on him, he's going to tie things together. Very important. There may be some difficulties, there will be some Scary times, but I stay on track scripturally, knowing God's not the author of confusion. Now look at 17 through 19. The uh, inquiry of Daniel before the real king is given to us, the real king in heaven, for the interpretation. Daniel quickly returned to his house from where he was sought to be executed, and he intervenes as an intercessor along with his friends. Daniel communicated the decision to, of his request of the king as well as the permission of the king to his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And Daniel, though he's the main character of the book and God is using him, as I said earlier, Daniel always includes and depends on his friends also. How I can give thanks to God for the staff that serves us here. I could not do what I do without these men and women that are on staff. I am one of them. We are called by God, put together by God. We appreciate each other. We love each other. We know that what God is doing in the midst of us is God, not any one of us. None at all. Notice in 18, Daniel stated this was a life-threatening situation, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel said the God of the heavens, plural, the one who is in authority and in control. That's always important. Daniel knew the power of prayer, agreeing with others 
being a man of prayer. 218, 610, 93, 94, 914, 917, 921. Daniel's praying. He's a man of prayer. But also that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So you see the compassion of Daniel as he intercedes for the safety of his friends also. Their lives were on the line. The king had made no exceptions. And notice in 19, Daniel was conceded as a quest from the throne of God. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in the night vision. The length of time is not given to us. The secret indicates the dream given to Nebuchadnezzar as well as the interpretation, as we'll see. And the revelation of the dream was in the night vision. Dreams are why you sleep. So God uses a vision to interpret a dream. (laughs) Joseph, Daniel, the only two that we have in Scripture. There is no gift of interpreting dreams or visions today in the New Testament. It's not listed in the New Testament. Okay? If you believe God has given you a dream, you go to God. Joseph said, dreams belong to God. He interprets them. (laughs) Maybe you just had bad pizza. I don't know. Ian Bounds said this about prayer and the church. Quote, when the church is in the condition of prayer, God's cause always flourishes and his kingdom on earth always triumphs. When the church fails to pray, God's cause decays and evil of every kind prevails. A prayerless pastor, church, and Christian are denying God's ability to direct and provide, and man's privilege to ask and receive. The most powerful thing we have, ladies and gentlemen, is prayer. But your prayers can affect the marriage of a couple that's 200 miles away. You don't have to drive there. Your prayers can affect those who are in prison in Iran that we are presented and we pray for them all the time. In fact, when we were out there in Turkey and we spoke to some of those who were in prison, they acknowledged and confessed that they could sense the power of prayer as they're in prison. Amazing. None of us as Christians in America have ever had to pray to not be executed for our faith. But we do know Christians who do depend on our prayers because of under persecution, as I've just said. We have prayed for many imprisoned there in Iran, and they've been released, and others have not. But we pray, trusting that God honors prayers. We've been praying for those who are persecuted for their faith in Egypt, in India. The persecuted church is the church of Jesus Christ. The church in America is the exception. But the way things are going, this soon may change. Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. We're brothers and sisters, though we've never met them. How each of us need to respond to the daily situations of our life in prayer to God for counsel and wisdom regarding problems with our children and those of other believers as well as non-believers. That's where your Christianity kisses the road. The rubber hits the road. It's nice to just have a good time, but when there's differences, there's difficulties, how do you handle them? How do you respond? As I've told you earlier, as your pastor, it's amazing how 
everything is fine, and but then something happens with some believers in the ministry, whatever it is, and and it's 100% beef, flesh all over. What happens to all the teaching and the learning you've gotten? What happened to all the things of how spiritual you are? How do you respond in the Lord or not regarding problems with other believers, That how you handle it within the church? How do you do handle it with non-believers? You ask for counsel and wisdom with the Lord. Problems with your husband, your wife. Do you take them before the throne of grace? Do you take yourself before the throne of grace? Wait on the Lord. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. If we get used to praying about the daily things of our life from the smallest to the greatest, then when those most urgent situations, crises, if you will, come, then we will respond no different than we do on our daily tasks and to take them before the throne of grace. But if we're not men and women of prayer, then we will resort to prayer only as a last alternative when it should be the first step we should do. Jesus says prayer will keep us from being discouraged. Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Flip it around. Men lose heart because they're discouraged because they don't pray. They lose heart because they don't pray. Prayer will protect us from anxieties. Philippians 4, 6-7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Life can run pretty fast, pretty busy. And sometimes we have more things than we can handle. So you need to know your limitations. You can push yourself beyond God's enabling and your abilities, and you bring destruction to your life because you are quote, quote, multitasking, I'm glad you can multitask, but you can only do so much effectively. You can do a lot of things ineffectively at the same time, but to do things effectively, you got to put some things down. Prayer is in order to see God work. I still remember the sermon I preached to you in Jeremiah 33.3. Listen, God told Jeremiah, call on me. And I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. That says it all, ladies and gentlemen. I've walked with God 39 years. This just puts me on the ground, dependent on God. The response of Daniel to give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his dream expresses faith and trust in God. Do you think the book of Daniel is relevant for today? (laughs) This is a disturbing dream of Nebuchadnezzar as it has unfolded in a threefold manner here for us. The restlessness of Nebuchadnezzar over his dream exuded with great urgency. Be careful of urgent matters, how you deal with them. The request of Nebuchadnezzar for the interpretation of his dream exposed the priest to be false. Be careful who you get your counsel from. Make sure you judge it by the word. The response of Daniel to give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his dream express his faith and trust in God. Anything else will bring failure. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, using the example of the faithful Daniel for finding peace in the midst of the storm by casting our cares upon the Lord. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's study titled I Couldn't Sleep at All Last Night are available, as always, on CD for only $4. And by the way, we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is I Couldn't Sleep at All Last Night or just mention today's date. Simply address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com